Welcome to the Code 3 Counseling Podcast. Code 3 Counseling exists to provide mental health and personal support for first responders and their families. Each episode, we will share with you information, strategies, and resources that can help you thrive in the first responder life. The Code 3 Counseling Podcast is hosted by our co-founders, Sean Cavan and Alicia Swade. The cool thing is we are a first responder family. Sean is a retired police officer, and Alicia, Sean's daughter, is a mental health professional also married to a cop. We hope this podcast feels like you are sitting with us talking about how to enjoy living the first responder life. Now, while our goal is to provide you with helpful and accurate information, remember it is just information. This podcast is not meant to be a replacement for mental health or medical treatment. Always consult with a professional if you have concerns about your health and wellness. All right, now let's get into this week's podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Code 3 Counseling Podcast. We are super excited to talk with you today about trust in relationships. Our guest today is Liz Durfee, one of my favorite counselors with Code 3 Counseling. Liz comes from a military and first responder family and truly has a heart for supporting those who are called to these fields. She is an Army veteran with over five years of active duty experience as an officer, having served with the 101st Airborne at Fort Campbell, Kentucky, and the 11th Signal Brigade at Fort Bliss, Texas. During her time in the military, Liz supported her unit through work-life balance, infidelity, career transitions, and many other concerns faced by military members and their families. After her active duty service, Liz earned her Master of Science degree in social work from the University of Tennessee, Knoxville. Liz is now an associate counselor with Code 3 Counseling in California, specializing in working with women who want to heal, grow, and find joy and freedom in their life again. The military lifestyle has allowed Liz to live on both the West and East Coast and several places in between. She loves being outside and exploring nature with her husband, two children, and their big dog, Bear. Well, Liz, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. It's awesome to have you on. I'm super stoked. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. (laughs) So today, um, one of the things that I know we really wanted to talk about was about trust. Mm -hmm. Trust as a responder and trust in relationships. Because you and I in our counseling sessions, I know we both talk about it a lot with our clients. Um, Mm -hmm. And so today, uh, the thing that I really wanted to start with Mm -hmm. was just a question for you. Um, And Dad, feel free to chime in too. Um, but my question is like, how is trust broken? What does it take for trust to be broken? I think one of the big things with trust and having that broken is it's so unique to each individual and how we define trust. And that's what comes up often for me. I know with individuals, both individuals and couples is that Everybody defines it so differently, but it's Mm -hmm. important to know what our definition of trust is and what that looks like for us so that we can have a better understanding of like, okay, this is how I view trust in my relationship, but my partner might see it totally different. Or, uh, and I'm sure Sean, you had this experience where it's like, this is, these are actions that should build trust within a community, but it looks different for other people it may mm-hmm. come across differently. Yeah, yeah, and w- when you're talking about how people look at it differently, you know, for some people, it's just 
it's comfort it's already there you know and you're you're just kind of using it as you you go through your day or your relationship or whatever mm-hmm. and some people don't really need to be focused on it as much you know and other people need to are, are paying attention to it more mm-hmm. and watching you know every little step kind of thing to make sure that the trust is still flowing um, and and being in law enforcement yeah you're under that microscope you know so when you're out there doing your job every day that you feel like as an officer your trust is is a given because you're wearing the uniform and the badge people should trust you and there's just it's unfortunately not that way these days Mm -hmm. well and one of the things that stands out for me with like responders in general is that they have that trust at work Mm -hmm. like I am here I have my like this is my job I have the training to do this and then they engage with people who do give them that trust some sometimes they don't but most often they do and it's simply because they show up in uniform whether it's your EMS or firefighter or law enforcement uniform there's like this I trust you to do whatever it is that I called you to help me with Mm -hmm. but then they go home and there's almost this expectation of, all right, well, I got that trust all day and people just handed it to me. And now I'm home and my partner, my spouse is like, I don't know, just really irritated with everything and says she doesn't trust me or he doesn't trust me. And it's like, well, you're supposed to just give it to me. Mm-hmm. Like it, there's almost that expectation that at home it's given just as easily as it is at work. Um, but that's not always the case. Especially because sometimes the things that we do at home, too, we take our partner or spouse for granted. And so it's like, how many of us haven't done that, right? Like, truly. So when we do that, we may be affecting the trust that they have in us or that's Mm -hmm. in the relationship, not even thinking of it and not being intentional in doing that. But it may happen. Mm Mm-hmm. What are some of those like little ways that we take advantage that break that trust? I think kind of as I mentioned, that when we take for granted certain things of just, I don't want to say coasting through life, but it's like, okay, I'm not going to put the energy into maybe showing my spouse or partner the most affection or what they feel loved and appreciated. Or I said I would do this. I've said for the last two weeks that I was going to hang up the new pictures that we bought and I have yet to do them. Uh, And just little things where maybe they're just relying on that and that is something that's really important to them. But it's not Mm -hmm. you're being intentionally trying to hurt the trust or hurt your partner, but it does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great example. Like I know in my house, I say things a lot that I'm going to do and then I don't do them. Like You get that from me. <laughs> Your mom's pretty good at mom it. Is, you get that from mom me. Mom is bomb. She like, <laughs> I'm going to do it. She does it. Um, yeah, I definitely get that from you. <laughs> but like, hey, I will say I'm going to do the dishes today or I'm going to do like the meal planning today. Yeah. And I definitely don't. I get distracted. And it's never intentional. It's not like, well, I don't want to do it today and I don't care. So I'm just not going to do it. That's not at all what's going on for me, at, at least for me. Um, 
I'm usually like, oh, I get distracted with the kids or like there's a million other things that need to happen at the house. So it's not that I'm not doing the dishes. It's I'm doing the laundry instead or vacuuming or the dog threw up on their bed and now I have to clean this bed that I can't put in the washing machine, which is really annoying. Or the kids forgot to charge their computer like this morning. <laughs> and they need to charge the computer to go to school. Um and then I just don't get to the dishes. Mm -hmm. But my husband was counting on me getting the dishes done so that he could just go upstairs and go to bed. Because mm -hmm. for him, the kitchen being clean is relaxing for him. The rest of the house could be in utter chaos. But if the kitchen is clean, he's fine. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's like, ah, oh, okay, that's, that's what's important for my spouse. And me not doing that does kind of chip away at that trust. Mm -hmm because that's what's important for him. Even though the kitchen being dirty, okay, don't get me wrong, I do like a clean kitchen. I do not want dirty dishes all over the place for a week. That's that's disgusting, yes. Um, but for me, I need the laundry put away. Like, I, I just love it when all of the laundry is put away. It feels very relaxing for me when that happens. Um, and so it's, I just have a different priority. Mm -hmm. You said something too that really resonated as like the chip away. And that's what I find happens a lot mm -hmm. is that it's not, I mean, yes, there are absolutely those big kind of earth shattering moments like um, infidelity, uh, lying, like outright lying, things like that that can shatter trust. But it's the chipping away that really kind of gets to the core because we don't see it. It's mm -hmm. not as prevalent. Like, oh, I don't know how this happened. It's like we wake up one day and it's just, it's different, it's changed. And that's what happens is that it just chips away kind of over time. Mm -hmm. And we just, we either don't realize it or we don't do anything to like take action and repair it when it starts happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and one thing I was thinking of is the chipping away part. Um, yeah, it can be, you know, specific actions that you do or don't do that take uh, you know, break down the trust, mm -hmm. but it can also be just seeds of doubt. There you go. You know, if if I'm sitting, I come home from work and I sit on the couch and the first thing I do is grab my phone and just start flipping through my phone and I'm not engaged with my wife, you know, then it's like, in her mind, it's like, you know, why don't you, yeah. you know, pay attention to me? Why don't you make me a priority? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, then it could be, well, you know, you grab your phone at, you know, nine o'clock at night and then you walk in the other room. Yeah. Well, it might be yeah. just that I'm going to the bathroom, yeah. but, you know, it puts that sight, that little seed of doubt. What's going on? Why, why do I feel I can't trust you? And those things kind of pile up and one, you know, the, the party that's doing it may not even know what's happening. Mm -hmm. And then it ends up in that big blow up fight or, you know, something along those lines that just make it tough to start working on the repairs. Mm -hmm. Well, and one thing that I noticed, uh, I, I don't know if it's so much for me or like just something I notice with people is that I don't notice when the trust is being chipped away for yeah. me, let alone yeah. for my partner. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I just don't notice it. Mm -hmm. And then one day it's, um, oh yeah, don't worry. I'll take care of the laundry today and I'll put the sheets on the bed. <laughs> no, you won't. And then it's, <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> and then it's like, oh, now I'm seeing all of a sudden that all of these other times it broke away the trust. 
And so I, I guess a question that I would have with that is, how can I become a little bit more aware that my trust is being broken in that like little chipping away aspect? I think those were the, the thoughts that come up. When you think about like when our spouse says something, most often we stifle the thoughts or maybe the reactions, especially when we've been consistently, I don't want to say let down, but we haven't seen that outcome or that action taken or whatever may be promised or said to us. Mm -hmm. And so those thoughts or whatever comes up for us, it's like, okay, instead of just pushing it away because yeah, we don't want to say it to hurt our, our partner, but it's acknowledging that that is there on kind of like an internal level of, okay, something's not right because mm-hmm. I don't have this for my partner all the time. So yeah. this is kind of like, hey, my measuring cup is like overflowing or it's not enough. Something is off and I need to pay attention to that. Like those little ways that kind of just tell us, hey, something is off. When we can be more aware of that, that's the first step is what I feel like in, okay, now what do I do about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what do you do about it? Like what, do you, what does it take to repair that trust? So I think it really depends on the person. Ah, <laughs> my favorite answer. Um, and that's the hardest answer because it's like, is that to like keep your word? Because if mm-hmm. that's something that's really important to you as a person, then mm-hmm. that's having the conversation with your partner of, hey, I either just don't say it. Like, I don't care if you hang the pictures. I really don't care at this point. But just don't tell me because it's really the telling me and then it doesn't happen that... It doesn't make me feel good. It doesn't make this feel good between us. It's having those conversations without, also without being accusatory or attacking, mm-hmm. like a conversation so that it can be a productive, growing experience for you and your partner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and even just being honest. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not trying to attack. I'm not trying to blame. I am sharing what I am experiencing that is causing like a rift in our relationship mm-hmm. and there's something that we need to work through together it's not you need to fix this Absolutely. it's all right is this an expectation that i have that is completely unrealistic mm-hmm. or is it an expectation that i never told you that i had that you keep your word about hanging up the picture frames um because if i never told you then i'm i'm setting you up for failure yeah. as my partner to build that trust and to maintain a healthy relationship mm-hmm. or maybe it's I'm I'm being really nitpicky or maybe it really is like hey you don't follow through on anything that you say I we need to figure out how to make this a better relationship mm-hmm. and being honest is one of the, one of the first steps that you can take mm-hmm. and and another part which guys all over the world are going to jump up and down when I say this <laughs> To be forgiven at that point when you've discussed it and and mm. you're working on moving forward and and build on it, to just say okay, you know this is what is is affecting me, and then you know so we talk about it. Okay, we're gonna do better, yeah. mm-hmm. and then not bring up mm-hmm. the 99 <laughs> other times. You know? I'm, I'm not saying you get a clean slate every time, but don't just throw, you know, if, if I if I didn't do the dishes, but uh, the laundry was the last time we yeah. were fighting and or, you know, trust building was falling apart. 
and now I didn't do dishes. Well, you didn't do laundry before, you know. Now mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta forgive and, and kind of put that in the past and and build from there. You know? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing with forgiveness that I think a lot of people misunderstand is that forgiveness is not excusing past behavior. Right. It is saying, okay, I'm not going to hold it over you anymore. I'm not going to continue to punish you mm-hmm. by choosing to forgive. And the other part of forgiveness is that it it it's both a choice and a process. Mm-hmm. Like I make the choice, okay, I'm going to forgive you for not doing the dishes all these times because we had this really productive conversation where I felt seen, I felt heard. Um, and now we're moving forward. We kind of came up with an action plan and you know the expectations. I have expectations that are realistic. We're on the same page, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to make the choice to not hold that over you. My feelings might not catch up right away. Yeah. And so it's going to be a continuous process of like, no, we already talked about this, Alicia, so you need to calm down. Don't bring it up again. Mm-hmm. Like, he already said that he would do that. Or even for myself. <laughs> and and also, when, when you have those expectations that I maybe didn't know before, mm-hmm. and now we've talked about it, I may not catch up to remembering that that was your mm-hmm. expectation. Mm-hmm. I might need a little coaching yeah. and guidance along mm-hmm. the way. It's not you know, babying, it's just, you know. It's patient. Yeah, patient reminders. Mm -hmm. Hey, remember we talked? Oh yeah, okay, sorry, I'm back on track. And that's where like a team mentality comes up. Like if you think about, um, I'm I'm not the best sports person, but like a football team, they have to run drills over and over again to get a play down, to understand who's going where and who's doing what. Like it's not, they write it down on a piece of paper and then execute it perfectly every single time. They have to practice it. And so once we set those expectations for what the relationship is going to look like and who's going to do what and who's following through on the word, we have to understand that it's going to take practice. And once in a while, I'm going to end up over here. Oh, wait, no, shoot. I wasn't supposed to go right. I was supposed to go left. Um, And and understanding that and giving each other patience and grace when we make those mistakes as long as both people want to make it better. Yes. Like if one person, well, and then that's another question that I would have. What if one person's like, all right, I want to do this. And then the other person is like, sure. And really, it's just lip service. It's not any actionable evidence that's showing that you actually want to make things better. Like, what do you do then? Mm, that one's tough because I... It's it's easy for me being the guy that would be the one that says, yeah, sure, and give you lip service. <laughs> but, you know, it's, like, it's easy for me to just say, you know what, that's going to be your issue, and you're going to have to deal with that, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm not yeah. going to, um, that's something I'm not comfortable in changing to, to fit your mold of me, mm-hmm. you know, and if if that's the case, then... You have to you have to find your make or break point, I guess, and mm. figure out yeah. right then is it time to get some outside help? Mm-hmm. Is it time to, um, you know, I don't know. I think the outside help would be kind of the ex- the the first step of going any ex- more extreme. But mm-hmm. you know, you, you're you're going to have to build and and make or not build, but kind of deal with your issues on your level. Mm-hmm. 
yes. and see if maybe I can I can live with this. Yeah, something I can function and forgive and forget or move on or whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, it's just one of those things that the outside help might help referee and find that common ground where you can move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's a big part of like having a team mentality around a relationship is that there are some times where like, I really need you to help with the dishes. Well, I hate doing dishes. Or like we've talked about like the dog poop, <laughs> the dog poop and cleaning bathrooms. Like I cannot do both, but there are some times when I end up doing both because is this really the hill that I want to die on? Mm -hmm. Is my relationship worth being mad and pissed off about the dog poop yeah. not being picked up twice a week? Mm -hmm. Like, is it, is it really? Right. If it is, okay, might need some outside help. Yeah. If it's not, then okay, this, this might be just one of those things where it sucks. But I might have to just tough it out for a little bit and put what I think is more important, which is the relationship as a whole, mm -hmm. above what I have as an expectation for the relationship exactly. itself. Because here, here's one of those little heartbreaking stories that I heard a long time ago where um, the husband and wife, the husband always left the cupboards open when he'd get something out. <laughs> And the wife would be mad and she'd always have to close the cupboards and she bothered her like crazy. And this went on for years. And then all of a sudden he passed away. Yeah. And now there was no one to leave those cupboards open. And it was something that she was just like, why did I let that hurt me for so many years? And mm -hmm. now I miss him leaving those open, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things that, is it the hill you want to die on? Yeah. You know, is, or is it something that you're going to, you know, remember later and say yeah it really wasn't worth the the mm -hmm. anguish i put myself through mm -hmm. and sometimes too it's like there are seasons in lives and marriages and everything where it's like maybe this is just a season versus mm -hmm. permanent and yeah. to be able to really recognize like well maybe my spouse just needs a little support right now like mm -hmm. something happened at work or something happened fill in the blank and it's like okay this is part of and like you said alicia just I prioritize the relationship over like okay these are my responsibilities and like check I did them mm -hmm. like go do your stuff and we'll be good it's like you know maybe this is where I need to be a little more compassionate during this season for my partner and yes. then it builds and flourishes your relationship even more yeah well and when you have that trust it and you lean into that like I trust that we will be okay mm -hmm. this season you know there was a few months this past year where Jake was just mandatory overtime over and over again and always having to go to work and I saw him maybe one day a week like it was just over and over again and let me tell you the dog poop did not get picked up mm -hmm. um, a couple of times he was actually pretty good about it but the, the, it was the trust that like this is just a season mm -hmm. I won't be doing this forever this won't be the thing that we are living forever. Mm -hmm. So I trust that my partner is not going to take advantage of this season yeah. and just use it as like a gateway to not having any responsibilities in the future. And I have to trust that. And then also as a partner, when I'm going through those hard seasons of working a lot and 
kids, you know, there was a season where we were homeschooling and that was wonderful. Uh, <laughs> during the pandemic. And I wasn't doing as much. I needed to also make sure that when I had those opportunities to fulfill the responsibilities and expectations that my partner and I had established beforehand, I went to do those so that Jake could trust that. Jake could trust that, all right, my wife isn't using this as an excuse to never do the dishes again. This is just a season. So uh, another question that I would have is how would you know that you need outside help to reestablish or build the trust in the relationship? I think one of the big things that comes to mind is just when you've tried to have the conversations, when you've tried solutions, or to be honest too, if the communication is just not there to have the conversations, mm -hmm. that can be really hard because it's like either the partner feels attacked or nothing productive comes from trying to address it and trying to grow. It's like, okay, what do I do? When you mm -hmm. feel stuck, any of those are, I would say, are points where it's like, okay, just having that outside support, um, either through a counselor or another means of just having that unbiased set of ears mm -hmm. to really help you and your partner figure out how you want to move forward mm -hmm. where you two can be heard because part of it is also feeling heard and respected right? yes absolutely yeah well and I love that you pointed out like a counselor or any other outside kind of source because there are a lot it doesn't have to be marriage counseling because yeah. that feels really heavy sometimes yeah, absolutely um even though it's not i am going to put that little asterisk in there <laughs> marriage counseling is awesome i love it it's amazing um but sometimes it can feel really daunting mm -hmm. but there's other options like we've been working with the chaplains um uh, talking to a chaplain who can kind of give you some guidance with how to have those conversations mm -hmm. um or talking to like a, a pastor or another kind of faith-based leader yeah. who is able to help you understand maybe what is going on with like how you're having these conversations mm -hmm. or to give you that realistic kind of like punch in the gut yeah. of, honey, you have way too high of expectations. They're unrealistic and maybe you should kind of calm down a little bit on those and like not let the dog poop be the reason that your marriage ends. Yeah. Um, and like talking to mentors or other people that you look up to that have those strong relationships to be able to give you some advice. Maybe they went through something similar. There's lots of different opportunities. Yeah, I think getting getting kind of a wide variety of that. And it's not just taking your garbage and dirty laundry and throwing it on okay. your girlfriend or a cup of coffee or, you know, the guys in the locker room or anything like that. But it's you know, finding that genuine person that you really feel would have answers. And you don't have to give all the details of every little thing exactly. that you, that when you talk with other people, but you bounce enough off of people and get that sounding board coming back that will tell you, yeah, your, your relationship's normal. It's not mm -hmm. crazy. It's not ending. It's not, it's just the way relationships kind of flow. And you're going through the rough patch, it's time to work on it and get through it and then move on to the good, glorious meadows, you know? Mm -hmm. But 
you got to go through the thorns too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think I saw, I forget what um, resource it was. I don't remember if it was a book or a marriage conference or what, but they were showing like how marriages go through these ups and downs. But when you look at the whole relationship on this, like one graph, it like goes up in the honeymoon phase and then it plateaus for a little bit and then it like plummets during like this the seven years having young kids Mm -hmm. like all of that season which is very hard um but then it skyrockets after you make it through that rough patch it goes even higher than it was before and the marriage marriage satisfaction like ratings and all that went like above 10 at 25 years because when you go through those rough patches together once it comes to an easy season or like you finally get into this rhythm of like all right you know we had this hard season but i'm helping here or this thing came up and you're helping there uh, and we just get into this flow and rhythm it feels so good Mm -hmm. it feels so rewarding to know like we did all of that hard work and it is like going to concerts on your daughter's birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Threw enough parties for you. (laughs) But exactly, you did. You put all of that hard work and like you get to celebrate the fact that you, I mean, in my opinion, raised one of the best daughters in the (laughs) world. (laughs) And like that's your reward is going on her birthday to a Five Finger Death Punch concert. Yeah. Without her. Without her. <laughs> yes. That was the best part. No, I just... <laughs> uh, That's awesome. <laughs> but sometimes it does take like that, that outside help to get through that really low part. Yeah. And that's where it really feels rewarding is it wasn't just us. And very rarely is it a couple on their own by themselves just reading a few books are able to make it through those really low and rough patches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. A lot of times it's like the tools that used to work just don't work anymore. Somehow they're just not effective mm-hmm. and you just need some new tools. And that's what a lot of people come and they get tools and it's like, oh, okay, this is great. This is just like it was, but I'm just using a, a, something a little different. Yep. And it makes a substantial difference and then they just keep climbing said yeah yeah and I I love how you say like the the tools change throughout time because like when when Brooklyn was a baby our tools were very different Mm -hmm. and then now that she's in kindergarten we're in this golden stage of parenting by the way where both kids are in school and there's no hormones so it's just like (laughs) oh yes we are right in the way yeah. here. <laughs> and then the hormones will hit. And then yeah. it'll be like, we will need new tools when those hormones exactly. hit. Um, you need new tools when there's transitions with work and jobs, when shift changes. And yeah. even if it changes for the better. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, Dad, you retired. Oh, retirement awesome. is great. But you need yeah. new tools yeah. with your relationship. Yeah, I love, I love napping is a good tool. Napping I love, is a great I love tool. that that tool, but it obviously cuts into my day and things yeah. that I don't get done. And uh-huh. when Carrie comes home and says, "What'd you do today?" Well, I took a three-hour nap. <laughs> you know, and she's like, "Really?" <laughs> After she's been working yeah. twelve hours in the On ICU, her feet, twelve hours, yes. 
<laughs> but it's it, those seasons they do require different things even if it is a good transition yeah. you just need something a little you need different kinds of tools mm -hmm. and that's where engaging with other people who are either you know professionals chaplains mm -hmm. mentors friends who've been through this before can help you either realize like you said dad that it's just normal it's typical this isn't outrageous problems that will result in the ending of this relationship or give you like oh hey have you tried this yeah. um oh hey there's this app over here that's really awesome yeah. um don't suggest apps to me by the way just yeah. fyi dad like well, <laughs> i i never knew what mindfulness was i, I never heard that term you know until <laughs> about maybe seven eight years ago yeah and then i'm starting going okay that's just some hippie thing you know <laughs> and, but man you sit down and meditate a little bit and uh -huh. and start doing a little bit of that i i haven't done it in a long time but yeah i had an app yeah sit on the back porch turn the app on and it talked me through some things and i mm -hmm. and i was soaking that in and that was a good time for me in fact i'm gonna load the app back up because <laughs> i mean I'm, I'm on that time where i'm not doing so well so yeah, <laughs> might need to get back to mindfulness mm -hmm. but that's a tool you know, yeah that, you can do that with a bad knee yeah i can do that uh awesome well liz thank you so much for joining us in this conversation today i so appreciated it and I know I'm definitely going to be sending this podcast to people in the future, friends, clients, family, everybody. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We wanted to let you know about a free resource we provide for first responders. It is our monthly wellness newsletter. On the first Tuesday of every month, we send out an email newsletter that gives you different tools and strategies so that you can thrive as a first responder. When you sign up for our newsletter, you also get two free downloads. One is how to find the right counselor as a first responder. The second is 10 questions to spice up your sex life. So use the link in our show notes or head over to our website to sign up for the newsletter and get your free downloads today. Also, if this podcast was in any way helpful for you, we encourage you to share it with others and keep the conversations going. You can help us reach more responders by subscribing, rating, and reviewing this podcast on your favorite platform. You can also connect with us through our website, code3counseling.com, or find us on social media, on Instagram at code3counseling, or on Facebook at code3counselinginc, or use the hashtag code3counseling. And always remember, it may be your battle, but you don't have to fight it alone.